This is Hammond and Jessica, and you're listening to the Friendly Atheist Podcast. Please go to patreon.com slash Friendly Atheist Podcast to support this show, get your ad-free episodes, get your exclusive bonus episodes, all that good stuff. We have a Discord. We have a Facebook. Yeah. Um, hello. Hi. I just wanted to start by thanking everybody. A lot of people reached out after last week with my husband going through garbage. I really appreciate it. We uh, have some really uh, promising leads, so... Genuinely, it, it, I can't tell you how much it meant to me. How many people reached out, either with like leads for jobs or just like, "Hey, this fucking sucks," and we're here, and that really made my little heart happy. Yeah, thanks, everybody. Yeah, it's nice. I figured we would start today with a story that seems to be picking up steam for for uh, reasons I can't quite imagine. I so there is a lawmaker in uh, Oregon mm. who said something like a week and a half ago, maybe two weeks ago. And honestly, it was so, I caught it. And I'm like, I've heard this a million times. It's 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 depressing, but yeah. it's not that big of a deal. But for some reason, this one has gotten more attention. So I wanted to talk about it. Mm. The person I'm talking about is a state representative from Oregon. His name is uh, Werner Reschke. Oh. And <laughs> actually, he has an E in front of his name. So he's His e. first name or E. Werner Reschke. Oh, I see. Is uh, it Werner or Werner? Uh, yeah, yes, to Werner. both. Uh, which means he's rich, I assume. <laughs> but he was doing an interview with Jason uh, Rapert, the oh, repair, whatever. Rapert. The Christian nationalist, former Arkansas lawmaker who now mm. runs a group called the National Association of Christian Lawmakers. Yeah, we talk about this we gentleman about a lot. Yep. So Reschke. he's a state-level congressman, we constantly were talking about him. We were. And now we don't have to talk about him anymore, but the group he's now leading, which is now his job. Which feels um, suspiciously like him, but yeah. Yeah. Uh, it's it's basically promoting Christian nationalism all across the country. Sure. So he was interviewing this guy, Werner Reschke, and he asked a softball question, Raper did, mm. about why Christians ought to get involved in government. And that's a fine question. Like, you're talking to a Christian audience. Why should Christians be I mean, interested in not just voting, but are. Uh, <laughs> running for office? Yeah, they already are. But why should more of them? <laughs> so here's the question asked by Rapert. And I'm only playing this to set up, like, what Reschke's response was. Mm-hmm. But it's a, it's a fairly softball question. So here's Jason Rapert asking. Tell people about why you think it's important that Christians should be involved in government and voting and be a part of the authority in our country. What drew you as a Christian to do it, and what would you tell those people that are listening today? And that's Rapert, or that's that's the guy Rapert. From and again, okay. fairly softball question. You know, you got you're a Christian. You got into politics. Why should other people? It follow genuinely your footsteps? sounded like a Miss America question. Yeah, I mean, they always are with these interviews. Can you They're explain never hard hitting. Why you believe this is important? <laughs> and. Now I'm going to play you a part of his answer. He basically says, I got interested in politics because, you know, I admire the founding fathers and their Christian faith. And I admire Ronald Reagan and his Christian Who faith. Who admires Ronald Reagan, No, though? this one dude and like 40 Republicans and the rest Reagan. of them think he's a liberal socialist now. <laughs> um, but after saying, you know, he admires the supposed Christian faith of all those older politicians, then he segued into all the people who should not be in government. And that's what I want to talk about here. I don't think anybody asked who shouldn't be in government. Should I I start a list? (laughs) A long (laughs) list. Uh, Here's his response. Here's what he said that's problematic. And those are the type of people that you want in government making tough decisions during tough times. 
you don't want a materialist you don't want an atheist you don't want a muslim you don't want you want somebody who understands what truth is and understands the nature of man the nature of government and the nature of god if you don't understand those things you're going to get things wrong and in oregon that's a classic example we have a lot of people who are godless unfortunately leading the way and it's the blind leading the blind yeah uh, uh yes. my best friends Lee and amanda live in oregon sorry gang yep. you're the blind leading the blind yep how dare you um he just said uh wow you don't want an atheist in public office you don't want a muslim oh, well he said muslim muslim yeah <laughs> you want somebody who understands what truth is and understands the nature of man the nature of government and the nature of god why 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 Okay, I need you to vote for things that will make our lives better. But that's to me, that's kind of not what he's because he's not talking about just like the business of running government. He's talking about like hard times, hard decisions, and hard times. Yeah, then you need someone who trusts God yeah. and understands and the understands that if enough poor people die, rich people will get richer. So, <laughs> like, he's not even subtle about it. He doesn't believe it's not that he's saying they should be forbidden from being on the ballot. I he's mean, not making a constitutional argument here. No. He's just saying he doesn't think they are well-equipped. They don't have the right character. I think if you let him keep talking, he would probably talk (laughs) himself into keeping us off the ballot. I'm sure he loves that idea. But, you know, that's just their favorite thing to do, is who can we disqualify from voting or running? And notice that how he said that, too. He doesn't... I almost get that he says atheists shouldn't be in public office, because if we have no higher power, where right. does our morality come from? But then he's like, oh, yeah, and Muslims too, because, well, they're, they believe in a different God than the one I believe in. Yeah. Like, so it's not just that people have no religion. It's that they might be the wrong the religion. wrong religion, which, which I would argue is more troubling. <laughs> like, as an atheist, I don't love that he thinks I should be disqualified from holding office. That feels bad. However, I do find the Muslim of it all much more offensive because Jesus Christ, they are religious too, my dude. They yeah. even like your guy Jesus. They just sort of disagree name, on the on the vibes. Name one state that is better off because conservative Christians like him are in power. I mean, and the thing is, I, he uh, felt so comfortable mm-hmm. saying all this stuff mm-hmm. out loud on like with a recording. So agreed to someone like Jason Raper, probably believing that the only people listening would be Christians who fully agree with the both of them. I almost guarantee you that this guy is one of the people who wants to secede from Oregon. I bet you <laughs> it's part of I the bet or- you yeah. my dog, he's from Eastern Oregon and is part of that group who's like, listen, Eastern Oregon, Eastern uh, uh, Washington, Washington State, yeah. we need to get together because the coast is lost its mind. Mm-hmm. Um, I guarantee you he's one of those people. Um, also, I guarantee you he doesn't actually care about human beings because he's willing to discount large swaths of human beings from being qualified to have leadership roles, which to me sounds problematic, don't you think? Not even because of their policy positions. Because he can't, like he admits, there are plenty of Democrats in Oregon. Mm. He's not saying like, well, Democrats shouldn't be qualified to lead because they have the wrong ideas, which would be crazy, but like, I kind of understand that line of thinking. Well, that's more politics. Yeah, but he's saying like, no, these people, even if they... Mind you, what if they were like atheists who are Republicans? Because there are three of them in the country. Uh-huh. What if they were and Muslims they who are Republicans? All the yeah, time. I know. Um, he's saying like, no, nah, even if they agreed with me politically, I don't want them in office because who are they beholden to? Yeah, yeah, they should it's... be beholden to NRA lobbyists like him <laughs> and not, you know, uh, some truly, lack of higher power. I really, really, really wish somebody would kind of put these people on the spot a little more with... Like, what does Christianity mean in government? And, like, 
you know, if we're trying to, okay, if the founding fathers were Christians and, the, and you know, believed in Jesus, even though we know Thomas Jefferson fully didn't believe that he was magic, <laughs> but, like, I want somebody to sit down and be like, okay, well, Jesus said feed the poor and house the homeless and feed the hungry, right? Sure, yeah. Wh- what, what you doing? Because he's a socialist. What you doing? What, what, like, can you please draw me lines directly from the teachings of Jesus? To your policies. And it's all following the David Barton style of conspiracy board guy pointing Y'all, to the map. You're not and listening saying, to Jefferson See? lies. I don't know what you're doing. He's much smarter than us. <laughs> David That's Barton is such a fucking American villain. Yeah, huh? I mean, and just to the point you were making earlier, the founders, by the way, did not feel the way this guy feels, which mm-hmm. is why the Constitution explicitly says there can be no religious test for public office. Mm-hmm. And even if you say, well, he wasn't saying they can be banned from running from office, it's still disturbing because, first of all, if a Muslim or atheist said Christians shouldn't be in government because oh they're God. too gullible and believe in a higher power the and KKK not the people. would explode. Yeah, like there would be an outcry. Um, for what it's worth, the Freedom From Religion Foundation's political arm, the FFRF Action Fund, they sent a letter to Reschke, not just condemning his comments, which you would expect. Mm. First, they pointed out that the former presidents he cited by name, Washington, Madison, Lincoln, they did not share his faith. Deeply not Christian. Uh, or at least the practice of it. Yeah. They said, as a state representative, your duty is to support the state and federal constitutions and to protect the rights of conscience of your constituents, mm. not to promote your personal religious views, much less a Christian theocracy. Who said that? This is FFRF Action oh, Fund. They went on to say, you have shown that you are unfit for this responsibility. You should either apologize to all non-Christian and non-religious citizens of your district, or you should resign. I mean, I do think that's a thing that we sort of... Um, uh, gloss over a little bit that like people from these deep red counties or districts or whatever, well, they're at least representing their constituency, right? Because that's how they say it. I'm representing the the yeah, fighting eighth district of, of Arkansas, and this it's, is what my people want. Let me just repeat what the crazy ass people in my district right. say. Like, just, and they're just so comfortable erasing anybody who is a like literal minority like in terms of like okay we're 80 percent christian there's 20 percent of something else and they are just fine with completely ignoring those people mm-hmm. who also are their uh uh congr- congregants constituents, constituents. Um, there Not was congregants. a there was a trans lawmaker in i think virginia who won a state legislative race several years ago oh, yeah, i remember that and one of the things they said is you were running against a republican who is very anti-trans. What do you what do you have to say about that now that you've won? Like basically saying, take a victory lap. Yeah, oh, sure. And I believe, to paraphrase, what she said, Danica Rome, what she said is, he's my constituent now, and I'm not going to trash my constituents. Which is <laughs> so, like, truly the, the layers of how that's a brutal thing to say <laughs> is outstanding. But the point being, like... And, and he, still comes out looking like the bigger person. Yeah, you represent him now, too, mm-hmm. and his... Interest. It's inappropriate to shit on your own constituents. Yeah. and also you Why don't dismiss your constituents just because they disagree with you. Right. And by the way, now after uh, not only did um, did the FFRF Action Fund call him out, mm. there was a Muslim colleague in the state legislature yeah. who told Oregon Public Broadcasting, "I am disheartened to see one of my legislative colleagues express views." Contrary to American values, mm. the U.S. Constitution, and our collective aspiration of building a more perfect union. 
which is a brutal God, takedown I as well. I fucking love these people. Yeah. Now, Reshki is now trying to, like, backtrack slowly. Really? Yeah. How? He, he said in a statement to Oregon Public out context, Broadcasting. Out of context. My- he said, my words were grossly taken out of context. Yes! To which God, I say, I'm so good at that. We just played it for you. What part of that do you think was taken was out of context? Was there like a monologue Did between the question and the, the end? end? Yeah. <laughs> I was going to say at the beginning, now if a crazy person were to answer this question, this is what they would say. <laughs> right. I promise you that wasn't at the beginning or the end of that. <laughs> and then what the uh, Oregon Public Broadcasting also asked Reski, well, this is what your Muslim colleague said. Do you think that person should not be... In the legislature. And if so, what are you going to do about and it? And what did Reshki say? I believe Senator Jamma is qualified to be a <gasps> senator. <laughs> Which is, yeah, they got him. That was a good question. So but then, good. But then I have to ask, well, then and which Jim is, is a it? senator that's and this guy's a Muslim senator. He's a, a state representative. And but whatever, he's, they're both in the legislature. But that's lower in the totem pole, am I correct? Sure, why not? Yeah, so but, just <laughs> wanted to point it out, Hammond. Um, so then which is it? Was he lying to Jason Raper, saying Muslims shouldn't be in the legislature? Or is he lying now when he says, yeah, that person is qualified to be in the legislature? No. Which is it? Because if you want to make an outlandishly a- insane statement, at least have the courage to stand by your bigotry. So then, <laughs> so after all this, God, okay. so now I started reaching out to some people because oh, I wanted God, answers too. God, haven't got his hands in this thing. So Oregon State Representative uh, Farah Chaichi, I hope I'm pronouncing that right, what but she is name. also an Oregon lawmaker who told me in a statement, uh, we serve in the people's house and the people need to feel welcome to come to their house to advocate for the needs of their communities. God, a statement, these people. A statement like this sets back trust and goodwill that's been built with communities who have been historically marginalized. Yeah, dog. Um, Sarah Levin, the founder and principal at Secular Strategies, mm. also said his remarks demonstrate how dangerous Christian nationalists are to our democracy by treating atheists and Muslims as quote, inferior second-class citizens. Are these quotes you got from people? Yeah. Good for you. These are great. Uh, Christiana De Leon, who I believe listens to this yeah, podcast. Yeah, she does. Hey, And girl. she's also a board member of the Association of Secular Elected Officials. Here's what she said that I really appreciated. Yeah, tell me. Uh, first, she's like, he's saying the increasingly less quiet part out loud. Uh-huh. But she said, not only is he poisoning the discourse on what it means to have democratically elected representation, and not only is he the tip of the iceberg of anti-Muslim and anti-atheist bias, but actions like his are why atheists, Muslims, and essentially anyone who isn't a white Christian nationalist have been sounding the alarm for years mm-hmm. on how this kind of hostile language seeps into policy mm-hmm. with serious consequences. Yeah. And by she the way, she listens to our podcast, guys. Yeah, right. There you go. We're and, smart. <laughs> like one troubling aspect of the story beyond everything we've discussed is just, even though it's getting some pushback now because mm. it's such a horrible thing he said. It's the overall lack of interest by other media outlets Mm -hmm. in what he said, because it's people like us covering the story and not bigger outlets necessarily. Are they bigger than this? I think I finally saw an article in the Associated Press about what he said. But for two weeks or so, So it did not get attention. Do you ever reach out to like CNN and say like, hey, this is a story I think you all should be paying attention to? No. Should you? Uh, you know what? I used to have a couple contacts there, and I don't yeah. anymore mm. because layoffs in the media. Good times. Um, oh, but boy. You know what? <laughs> that was a strong they have, bummer. They have people who cover state legislatures. Sure. They cover these states, 
and again, it shouldn't be incumbent upon any of us to right. say, why aren't you covering this giant story involving a politician in the state? Mm-hmm. Like, of all the things they, that should be on their radar already, right. if I can find this story, they can find this story. But um, a few years ago, yeah, there was actually... paying you to do that. I know. <laughs> a few years ago, I remember there was a Harvard professor named Irrelevant who said archaic law... They were talking about those archaic laws in like seven states. Sure. The constitution say atheists can't run for public office. Mm-hmm. They're all unenforceable. But because it's hard to remove something from a constitution, they still And nobody still wants exist. to spend their political capital right. on it, I think. So those laws are still on the books, mm-hmm. even if they don't count anymore. But he said those archaic laws banning atheists from holding public office were, quote, sensible. Because atheists, quote, can't be trusted to keep an oath. <laughs> And at the time he said that... What year is this? This is like 2020. Um, A couple... And in response to that horrible thing this professor said, another professor chimed in, basically ripping that argument to shreds. Yeah. But one thing he said is, even at a university whose students detest bigotry and discrimination, which, mm, interesting in light of recent stuff, like... okay. A faculty member who accuses atheists of immorality bears no greater risk of being condemned than one who speaks out against, say, abusive husbands and neglective, uh, neglectful parents. Counterpoint, uh, if you talk about abusive husbands, a lot of men will come out in the woodwork to say <laughs> that she deserved it. And then he added, so. <laughs> one must wonder how he can explain the ease with which Republican members of the United States House of Representatives and Senate ignored their oaths during the impeachment proceedings. Uh, which is true. Like, the Christian Republicans in the Congress... Uh-huh. They took oaths, and did they actually follow through with them when it came to impeaching Donald Trump after the insurrection or, like, bribing or, oh. like, extorting Ukraine? No. Sure. They didn't care about their oaths, so why do we think, oh, atheists can keep their oaths so they can't be trusted? Yeah, Neither like, can the Republicans who take well, their oaths. Just and- really quick, what kind of oaths are we taking on, like, a day-to-day basis that this guy is like, yeah, famously atheists are terrible about keeping oaths. Like the only oath I think I've ever taken is maybe at my wedding and not to brag, haven't broken that one. Woo! Notice Hammett can't Golf say this. Class. <laughs> um, genuinely, like what oaths are we out just, here taking all I the time? Promise. The Hippocratic oaths? I guess if you take an oath for public office, it's meant to bind you for life. But again, it's who do I trust to what does that take mean? find you who do for I, life? Who do I care is who do I hope is looking out for our best interests? Yeah. It would be someone who's not putting their like hand on, to paraphrase the famous line, not someone who's putting their hand on the constitution constitution and swearing to uphold the Bible. Like you want them to actually take the constitution seriously mm-hmm. and say, Okay, I'm in elected office. I represent everybody mm-hmm. now. I have my own opinions. Yeah. But I'm going to base it on the facts. That's what you want. Someone yep. who says, like, well, my higher power is however I want to interpret God. Yeah. That doesn't make me feel better because you could just make up whatever you want, attribute it to God, and then we're all screwed, mm-hmm. which is what's happening. Truly. I can't wait till AI comes in and we can stop mispronouncing words and AI can just do it for that us. That would be wonderful. <laughs> it's going to be great. Like, if we've learned anything from politics over the past however many years, it's that politicians who wear their Christian faith on their sleeves mm-hmm. are often also the most immoral, law-despising people in the country. And often are the people who are using the least Christ-like uh, guidance for their policies of these people who don't care about 
children getting education or food or, you know, kids not getting shot in fucking schools. They don't care about those things. I mean, in a more just world, these sort of remarks would hover over this guy's head for the rest of his political life. Because he is a bigot. That's what bigotry is. And unfortunately, my fear is that, I mean, barring the recent coverage I've seen of this guy, which happened this podcast right now. Yeah. (laughs) In the last, but like after two weeks of very little coverage, um, it's far more likely people will just forget about this in a matter of days because trashing atheists or atheism always seems to be fair game for lawmakers who bring nothing of value to the table otherwise. And I would say in addition to that, and while you are correct that it is very easy to dunk on atheists and, and we're a pretty easy target, um, I, I just think also that this kind of thing should be following him around for the rest of his life because he is demonstrating that he does not believe all human beings are, like, worthy of leadership roles. Like, he is telling us with his own stupid face... And that, when they asked him to his own stupid face, what yeah. do you think about your Muslim colleague? Oh, my Muslim colleague's Yeah, because he has no courage in his convictions. Right. He's not even a good bigot. Like he said, doesn't even be, believe yeah, it. Yeah, if you're going to be a bigot, stand by it and be proud of it. Mm. Or if you're ashamed, then apologize. Yeah. He hasn't done either one of and those. And also, there's just so much dumb shit that state-level politicians have said and done that I can't imagine, like... Like I said, like I make fun of us talking about Jason Rapert all the time because he's a fucking was a state congressman. He does not affect me in Wanted lawmaking ways. Wanted to be ways. Sarah Huckabee Sanders' lieutenant governor, lost the Republican primary. Oh, I mean, it was all The bad. state's not better off because he's not there. They still have a horrible person in that office. Yeah. But, but not kind of funny. Oh, very funny. Oh, I love <laughs> seeing people fall. Schadenfreude is the only emotion that's been carrying me through the last 10 there years. Last weekend, I had my in-laws over and we needed to make dinner in a crunch. Instead of ordering out, we did something even easier thanks to ButcherBox. We were able to grab just what we needed and exactly how much we needed from the freezer. After that, everything else was a breeze. You too can skip the grocery store knowing you have the food you trust and the food you chose in your freezer. I know that might sound strange coming from me since I'm vegetarian, but they have a high-quality veggie burger that I absolutely love. They have options for pescatarians, too. And if you eat everything, that's also okay. The food from ButcherBox is high-quality, grass-fed, and free-range. Have peace of mind knowing there are no antibiotics or added hormones. Sign up at ButcherBox.com friendly and get our special deal. ButcherBox is offering our listeners a free-for-a-year offer plus an additional $20 off. Choose salmon, chicken breast, or steak tips free in every order for a year. Sign up today at ButcherBox.com friendly and use code FRIENDLY to choose your free-for-a-year offer plus get $20 off your first order. Let's talk about, I have an update on a story that is a wonderful update. It's not going to last long, so we'll enjoy this while we can. All right, let me get ready. We talked a couple weeks ago about how Idaho Republicans. Utah? Yep, that's the one. I got got the joke. (laughs) Um, Their constitution explicitly, this may surprise people, Idaho's constitution explicitly forbids taxpayer dollars from funding religion. I love Idaho. Uh-huh. That's something called a Blaine Amendment. It was an amendment that was tri- they tried to add it to the U.S. Constitution in 1875 to mm-hmm. explicitly say tax dollars cannot go to religious anything. It would have banned federal money from going to religious schools. 
it didn't pass. So it's not in our mm-hmm. U.S. Constitution. However, 37 states have adopted their own versions of that law. Okay. They're called Blaine Amendments. Idaho is one of them. Mm-hmm. Idaho says you can't use tax dollars to fund religious institutions. So that's great. But Idaho, as you know now, is a very red state. I do know Republicans that. in Idaho are trying to repeal that Blaine Amendment from their state constitution, which mm-hmm. would require a certain proportion of the legislature passing that bill mm-hmm. and then it going to the voters in an election and then like 50% of the voters have to say, let's get rid of it too. Mm-hmm. And then it would be repealed from the constitution. So it's like a really good use of everybody's time and energy. Totally. So, have you ever seen Win for Government? Uh, no. Nothing ever happens in Blaine. That is for people who have seen Waiting for Guffman, and they're happy about it. I like how our podcast is for two people. It's a good movie. Sure. So. It's genuinely one of the funniest movies of all time. Go ahead. Republican lawmakers. (gasps) Let's watch it together. Republican lawmakers recently introduced House Joint Resolution 1. One. Number one. This is the number one priority they have, which would repeal that section of the Constitution. Mm -hmm. So they would have to have... the first thing on the map for this year. They need two-thirds support in both chambers of uh, the legislature, and then it would be put in front of voters. Anyway, this past week, that bill was discussed in front of the House State Affairs Committee, which, fine, that's fine. So part of the discussion in the committee... Don't worry, Idaho. That's fine. Yeah. <laughs> one of the speakers, like, they have people who can sign up to say, I'm a member, I'm, I'm a citizen of Idaho, I want to speak in favor of or against this bill. And Do they, they have to have any qualifications or I'm no, a citizen, I have an opinion? No, you sign up. Yep. And so they were, you only get, like, two minutes to speak, basically. Mm-hmm. So they're running through that list of people who wanted to speak. Oh, I've seen this in Parks and Recreation. There you go. <laughs> and I think, according to news articles I read, most of the people who spoke, they're, they're like conservative Christians who are very much in favor of repealing the Blaine Amendment. Mm. And that's a bad thing. Yeah. So I was surprised that there was a Satanist who had signed up in the public comment section. Guys, Satanists, y'all are doing the thing. Oh, oh just We're wait. We're just sitting Hold and it. hollering over here. Y'all are boots on the ground. Hold that thought for a moment. Oh, so this is why? No, no, no. It's oh, all okay. good. This is Rowan Astra, a non-theistic Satanist. And what surprised me, I've seen Rowan's work. Mm. It's very good. Mm-hmm. Uh, they do a good job of protesting things that need to be protested. Mm-hmm. I'm going to play you a portion. It is literally under a minute. Of what Rowan said. And what surprised me, though, is Rowan said, I support the repeal of the Blaine Amendment. And I'm like, let's find out. Here's what Rowan said to the State House Committee Rowan, state your name and who you represent. We'll give you two minutes today for public testimony. Hello, my name is Rowan Astra. I represent Satanic Idaho. I'm here to support this. Um, Personally, I'm excited about the ability to truly represent religious plurality, which is a value that's upheld in Idaho and the United States of America. So I look forward to the opportunity to be able to start a satanic K through 12 performing arts school and being able to have access to the same funds that any other religious school would have. And uh, with that, I'll end my testimony. That's a hell of a way to drop Rowan! the mic at the end. <laughs> Rowan! Yes! You did it! <laughs> Either that is brilliant trolling or a very good plan for the future. Truly, there is no <laughs> bad outcome for this. <laughs> so another- I want to go to satanic performing arts school. Could you fucking imagine? Jesus Christ, superstar, I- every year. 
I was going to say, do the nativity play. I want to see their version of it. Yes. It's a private school. They can do whatever they want. Whatever they want. <laughs> Another Satanist chimed in on uh, Twitter. Can I be a professor, a guest yes. professor at that school? Yes. They, uh, another Satanist chimed in on Twitter. We Satanists are very excited to bring a range of ideas and philosophies to Idaho's youth. My Critical heart. race theory, gender sciences, and a fully stocked banned book library. Here are the things I love about <laughs> this. One, they are correct. Two, they are very funny. Three, they are doing the thing with the utmost seriousness, do which it. is what they have to do. Lord's work right there. For they're laying out good shit. I would go to that school, please. Oh, I would do like so, Idaho. So one of the other people who is speaking at this committee hearing, her name is Catherine Hartley, and she's a lawyer for a right-wing group called the Pacific Justice Institute. So, of course, she was in support of this Pacific bill. Justice uh, Institute? Okay. Uh, just PJI. But she was there to support the repeal of the Blaine Amendment. No obviously. surprise there. But the interesting thing is, after she laid out, you know, I'm a lawyer for this right-wing group mm. that wants to repeal it, one of the Republican lawmakers, his name is Representative Vito Barbieri. No, it's it is. not. He actually, you can Vito see Vito Barbieri face. is from my cousin Vinny. <laughs> he, you could see a picture of him kind of with his face palming, like, at the bench. You could see the picture of him. He's right there on the right. And he's looking at her. You know he wants to vote for the repeal. He's a Republican. I in recognize Idaho. that uh, picture because it is what Hemant looks like All when I talk constantly. <laughs> but he asked her, he's like, he's not causing a scene here, but he says, Catherine, I'm curious what your legal perspective would be, you know, if this provision was passed by the electorate. Would that result in equal, distri equal distribution of public funds Wait to Satanists second. and others? Like Does equality apply <laughs> to everybody and not just me and my friends? Notice he didn't say, would we also have to give some money to Satanists? He actually said, would that result in equal distribution of public funds to Satanists and others? What it. we might call uh, fringe religious beliefs or organizations. And then the chair of the committee is like, don't, don't call anyone fringe and then he reworded his questions you know what i mean just like the non-majority religions would they have to get equal distribution and it's like i, I will not say the s word i can answer that question for you no mm. they do not get equal distribution but they would be eligible for taxpayer money if they you know passed all the hurdles so it's not like this thing passed and every religion gets like a chunk of money right. relative to their population right. that's not how that's it not works that's not how it's gonna happen but Partly, Which, the fact that he had to ask that question makes me think maybe... He was clearly bothered by the prospect of any money going to Satanists. Well, then and maybe he, he should have read his stupid law better. I know. And when he asked this woman, uh, Catherine Hartley, she even said, to her credit, she's like, well, if you pass this, basically, quote, it would allow any religious group to utilize any benefit that's offered by the state, dot, dot, dot. But generally speaking, yes, it would be open to all faiths. But then she added, she's trying to like... I know that sounds bad, but but she's like, this sounds legalese, but we can interpret it in a second. No, it didn't sound legalese if, at all. If someone's free exercise of religion is something so concerning that the state has a compelling interest in prohibiting it, the state has the ability to do that. Basically, what she is saying is there is a legal principle called strict scrutiny. Like, if even though it says mm. you can't discriminate against religion... If the state had a really specific reason why some religious groups should not receive money, there is a loophole you could use to prevent them from doing it, but it's a high bar to overcome. Have you seen the documentary Wild Wild Country? Of course not. 
Oh, really? Oh, you should. It's about a cult in um, in Oregon or Washington. I can't remember which, but I genuinely wonder if these laws are a direct result of that because basically a cult moved in and took over an entire town mm. um, and then people were murdered. But I mean, that's neither here nor there. Like, that I, still I drew, happens I in drew... the city of Moscow, <laughs> in Idaho. Like, there yeah. are religious groups that just take over entire communities. And I wonder if this is a reflection of, of that. But, I don't know. But the argument is that, yeah, they would theoretically have access to the funds. Satanists sure. would. Muslims would. Other non-Christian groups but I, would. I guess what I was trying to say is they gave themselves a little wiggle room. Of, little. Like, of like, okay, if you're like you're a cult of sacrificing babies and yeah. that's all you literally do then okay we're then not going to give you as much then money the state could say we have a good reason not to give it to you it's not because of your religion it's because of something else mm-hmm. and you could get away with that but luckily the only people uh, sacrificing babies are christians to guns and hungry atheists <laughs> um but the interesting thing about all of this is that, yeah, that guy raised the question because yeah. he was clearly disturbed by that prospect. And the lawyer for the right-wing group is like, well, yeah, you'd, they would have access to the money too. And? and at the end of all this, another Republican made a motion, can we like hold off on voting on this? Really? He said, he said I support it, but I have, quote, technical questions that I can't get answers to at the moment. And he didn't, when they asked him like, well, what are your technical questions? He's like, Bye. <laughs> then didn't answer the wow. question. So the good news is I, I asked I asked Rowan Astra, like, are you the reason do you think that they delayed voting on this issue? Will you ask to Rowan which, if they'll be my friend? Yes. Rowan said to me, I believe in a small way, yes. Yeah, girl. And I happen to agree. Um, so I don't know if that's the reason, but they it. did not vote. Even in the subcommittee, they did not vote to bring this to the full legislature yet. So again, do I think they will ultimately try to get this to a full uh, House vote in the Idaho legislature? Yes. Do you think they're going to try to like futz with it so they can like? No, because the only thing they're doing in this bill is saying, "Hey, you know that part of our constitution? Let's just cross it out." Uh-huh. That's all they're doing with this proposed so there's resolution. No, there's nothing that is going to replace it. That's the no, thing. Okay, so we're correct. not talking about new laws. We're just saying right. this is done. So I and think they all want to do it. I don't but know that the Senate in Idaho... This feels um, very monkey's paw of me. Yeah, Doesn't I don't, it? Yeah, like, I don't know that they will go through with it because I don't think they want any money going to non-Christian groups. And also because if you take money, federal uh, state money, and give it to religious groups, that... Like, this is a zero-sum game. That money has to come out of somewhere. Mm. And if that means public schools won't get funded mm-hmm. as much because of voucher or programs... Or taxes are going to go up, which they get Or something like about. that, like... I don't think they all these politicians want to be on the hook for ruining public schools or taking money away from whatever institution would lose it because they have to give it to religious groups. I don't think that's a game even these people want to play, but it, I don't know. It's almost like it's they don't Idaho. really think through their their decisions right. and have really short-term <clears throat> wins that they're looking for yeah. and don't give a shit about the long-term destruction of laws like that. Correct. So the Blaine repeal is not dead, but the temporary Hashtag delay... lead poisoning. Yeah, it's a step in the right direction. I hope they Nothing don't go through Nothing ever it. happens in Blaine. So it's let, such a good... There's I'll take a your wo- word for it because I'm never There's a woman who volunteers it. at my barn and her name is Blaine and I unfortunately just like screamed in her face for a while. There you go. She's very nice. Okay, here's an interesting story that was going to be the first story I wanted to talk about until <laughs> that other stuff come out. Um, there is a Christian radio program called Truth For Life, um, and for the past 12 years, it's been hosted by this longtime preacher and radio host now. His name is Alistair Begg. 
and uh, he's he's basically Elsie Beg B E G B E G G. Um, he's not liberal in any sense of the word. He's a very conservative Christian. He's the sort of low key conservative preacher who just does his thing. People in that world might be familiar with him because he has this radio show, because his sermons have occasionally gone viral for talking about Jesus in an interesting way. Okay. Like, again, old school conservative Christian, uh, originally from Scotland. Um, he's the senior pastor at a church in Ohio called Parkside Church. It is an openly anti-LGBTQ church. They mm. say that on their website. Like, nope, marriage is between one man and one woman. Mm. He's been doing that for 40 years. He's written dozens of books in which he espouses, you know, conservative Christian thinking. How much he, is there to say about gay people so shouldn't get much, married? So much. And he speaks at the sort of conferences, Christian conferences, that only allow men to speak. You know what I mean? That's what yeah, I'm talking about. I know exactly what you mean. Thank you. <laughs> They're called atheist conferences, circa, <laughs> circa 2009. Um, so this is the sort of dude we're talking about. Like, no one is pointing to this guy as some bastion of liberalism. You know what I mean? So back in September... He was doing an episode of his show, mm -hmm. and he and his co-host, they were speaking about the importance of compassion as a way to lead people to Jesus Christ. Okay, okay. fine. Like, typical Christian show. All right. These are the kinds of Christian values that I think they could extol a little Maybe. better. <laughs> they could if they wanted to. Yeah, and don't. And he specifically raised a hypothetical, and it's, it goes on for several minutes, so I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to summarize it. I'm not going to play it for you because it goes on forever. But he specifically raised a hypothetical that he, has, he said, I've been asked this before mm. when it comes to compassion versus my Christian beliefs. When they are in opposition to each other, what should I do? Is this a skydiving baby again? Because I don't want to <laughs> do it again. <laughs> Similar to the skydiving baby, yeah. <laughs> Here's what he said, basically. Um, you know, I, we field questions all the time. Imagine I have a Scottish accent. Uh, that go along the lines of, my grandson is about to be married to a transgender person, and I don't know what to do about this. I'm calling to ask you to tell me what to do. So the hypothetical scenario he's raising is some grandmother is like, my grandson is going to get married to a trans person. Uh -huh. Or let's say gay person, the same rules would apply it, here. It is the worst thing I can ever imagine happening to a Clearly. person. And she's going to the radio host saying, what should I do? And let me ask you, hypothetically, what do you think a conservative Christian pastor would tell her to do? Okay. <clears throat> um, I think a conservative Christian pastor would say that they shouldn't participate in the wedding. Because? Because it's capital W wrong in ways that they seem to have locked and loaded. Um, and to encourage your that family to... To affirm that relationship. Uh, encourage the family to not affirm their relationship and say, mm. like, don't be, like, actively mean to that person, but make it clear that you don't appreciate or believe that this person exists. Yeah, and by going to the wedding, then, you are basically saying, I'm I, somehow okay with it, yeah, and that would send I'm the wrong I'm signing message. off on this. That is traditionally what conservative Christian pastors, preachers, writers have said for many years now. Right, that's about it. Because this hypothetical Did has I come up for a while. Did I miss any big point, points? No, I think that's pretty much it. So he said, I have gotten this question many times, and he said, I'm quoting here, in a conversation like that just a few days ago, and people may not like this answer, but I asked the grandmother, does your grandson understand your belief in Jesus? Yes. Does your grandson understand that your belief in Jesus makes it such that you can't, you can't countenance in any way affirming the, the choices he has made in life? 
Does your I'm paraphrasing. What? Does your grandson know that because of your Christian faith, you can't affirm what he's oh, doing? Okay. To which she said, "Yes." I said, "Well, then, okay. As long as he knows that, then I suggest you do go to the ceremony, and I suggest you buy them a gift." Oh, she said. What? She was caught off guard. I said, well, here's the thing. Your love for them may catch them off guard, but your absence will simply reinforce the fact that they said these people are what I always thought, judgmental, critical, unprepared to, like, affirm anything. Um, in other words, what he's saying is, if you don't go to the wedding, which is the traditional Christian conservative response here, yeah. what, is, what is the grandson and his partner going to think? Yeah, I mean, she's exactly who I thought she was. Yeah, she's a she's bigot. A bigot. She's just she doesn't mental. support us if we're not like her. Right. Yeah. Like, everything I thought about her is right. Okay. But if you do go to the wedding, and your son knows she doesn't want to be here, she d- disagrees with what I'm doing, mm-hmm. but she came here because she loves me. And she bought and a she gift. And she bought us a gift because she she's loves me. She's celebrating us. He me. said, me. Yes. He said, I mean, isn't that a way to at least keep that relationship going mm. and maybe in the long term that brings him closer to God and then maybe they'll get a divorce is what I'm saying. Like, that's kind of what his logic was Yeah, there's was some there. sinister implications there. Yes. Th- and here's what Alistair finished his thought with. We're going to have to take that risk a lot more if we want to build bridges into the hearts and lives of those who don't understand Jesus and don't understand that he is a king. I do love the Scots. So, like... I don't know. Is that a good response or not? Hmm. Like better to stay close and have a chance to convert them than to be shut out of their lives and have no opportunity at all. Like, but it is at its core still a bigoted argument. Yeah. It suggests that people who are transgender or in a relationship with trans people are somehow broken and in need of fixing. And the only way you can fix them is by staying in their lives and not shutting yourself out of their lives it says, like, why do you, why should you show compassion to them? Not because they're human and they they're humans and they compassion. deserve it, but because there's a long-term strategic value to it. Yeah. Like, I don't know. I don't love that answer no. because of that reason. But it's also not cut your kids, you yeah, know, kid not out of cut your them off. life. I, boy, oh boy. I don't know. This is tough because um, I definitely have some relatives who are of a boomery age who I've had to be like, hey, we're just not going to say anything about this. Mm-hmm. And I think almost anybody who has parents have had to have that conversation of like, hey, this thing is going to happen and it's out of your comfort zone. We're not going to make a little scene about it. <laughs> right. I know I've had this conversation lots of times. So part of it feels like that. A, part of it feels like when um, I was at American Atheist Conference in Memphis many years ago, and we were all wearing our green American Atheist shirts, and somebody was like, hey, when you go out tonight wearing that shirt, tip well, because (laughs) we want to be known as not assholes. Right. So it feels like those two things of like, hey, can you make us look good for fucking once and like keep (laughs) your opinions to yourself? Yeah. But I feel like the sort of, the sort of underlying... Well, I, I guess I don't, because uh, you were reading it, and I don't know where his shit stopped and your sort of extrapolation no, that began, is pretty much began of, like, did he, he said... I think I'll, I put him in context saying exactly what he wanted so to like say. So, like, you'll guide him closer to Jesus if you stay in his life, kind of? That is me talking, but that is okay, that is fairly what he was implying. 
I don't think that's unfair to say that's what he was getting at. Yeah, I don't know. I guess overall, I'm okay with it compared to. <laughs> compared I guess to it's the alternative. Well, I guess a it's moderate the Republican best. is better than a crazy yeah, ass Republican. You know, uh, you know, uh, mitigation good. is better than nothing. But sure. like. Oh, boy. So, I don't know, but isn't that kind of like all of our human interactions? Like, I just ran into the president of a company I work for, and I was, like, super nice. Like, does that mean I am, like, a kiss-ass? No, you just kind of have to go along to get along in the world sometimes. Yep. So, so, again, like I said, plenty of Christians have answered similar questions. And maybe if they're in their life, they'll be like, oh, this trans person is just, like, a regular person who farts and sleeps yes. too late and is kind of a slob. Alistair Just like Begg's any person my kid would have married. could backfire, right, on Christians. That's what I'm saying, of like, <laughs> oh, yeah, I mean, it's truly the thing that happened in the 90s or the early aughts of like, all of a sudden congressmen were like, oh, my kid is gay, and it turns out gay people aren't monsters. Turns Can you, out they're human. Did Who you knew? hear, have you guys heard about this thing? Yes. Hey, <laughs> like, for what it's worth, that's also what Obama said. A hundred percent. And it also gave them, I think, gave them cover to change their opinion while saving face in sure. their in their opinions. Yeah. So is like their reasoning to us? Is their reasoning a good one? No, it's not great reasoning that you have to have a gay but person you in your life. Right but eventually, if that gets you to the right thing, all right, I'll take it. Yeah. Fine. I mean, I feel like this okay. is a place we always end up in. I'm so, like, you did the wrong thing for the or the right thing for the wrong reasons. How do we feel about right. it? Right. So ever since he's, I need to remind you, he said this in September. Oh, yeah. Okay. But a right wing website. Just picked it up. Just picked it up a couple weeks ago for some reason. And now all hell has broken loose in conservative really? Christian circles. Is this poor guy's from Ohio? He's from Ohio, originally from Scotland. Because basically what their argument is... That's a weird choice, that, my dude. Yeah. Using his logic, Christians could tacitly support all kinds of bad behavior. Like, what's stopping anti-gay Christians from attending a same-sex wedding ceremony? What's stopping pro-life zealots from supporting people in their lives who want an abortion? Because if something's a sin, you shouldn't affirm it in any sort of way. Um, and I'm sure these people never talk to divorced friends or family members <laughs> or somebody who's cheated. Of course not. Never. It's just no. the gay thing. That is what I just remind me the gay thing is in the Ten Commandments or not in the Ten Commandments? Uh, that's number one. Oh, is no, no gays. <laughs> no peens pointing at right, each other. Exactly. With arrows that were drawn <laughs> into the tablets. So one Christian writer claimed Christians who attend gay weddings are just like Christians who obey a transgender person's preferred pronouns. They are tacitly I mean, affirming right. sin, which I will give them credit. They keep they saying called... the correct thing, but they're saying it with a bad tone. Yeah. Or you're saying it with a bad tone. <laughs> to their credit, they called a transgender person a person, which is not See? usually what they do. See? It's working. Little steps. Uh-huh. <laughs> um, another called it pastoral malpractice and argued that Name Christians... my band. Name my band. Name my band. <laughs> pastoral malpractice. I know. Awesome. Christ... They wanted Christians to cancel him. Here's what that person said. This is... On the website for a website called Pulpit and Pen, bad advice is not unforgivable, even when the advice is sinful. However, a biblical standard demands that beg should not be let into the pulpit or your podcast rotation. What? He's shown himself unqualified. So then, then... I have to listen to this guy. Yeah. Well, this week, the American Family Association, which is a Christian hate group, well, it turns out they're the people who distribute his radio show to like 180 oh, radio no. stations. Oh, Pastor Beg. Yeah, guess what happened to him? Pastor. They Pastor? said Priest. Priest, whatever. Father. They said we're no longer airing his program oh. on our network. His 30-minute show, which aired every day on 180 radio stations, whipped off 
Oh the, my God, he's going to have to go to Clear Channel. And then on Wednesday, they, in the slot where his sermon would normally go, tell me. they did a live stream and they're like, we need to tell you all why we had to shit can him. Um, Are th- it, do I get to hear No, something? there's oh. nothing to hear. It was, it was a long conversation between a bunch of no-name people who run AFA. But basically, in their live segment, the president of the American Family Association likened the advice, likened the unbiblical same-sex wedding... He likened it to a father being asked by his son, who is an alcoholic, can you drive me to the bar? Son, I'm not driving you to the bar, the guy said. If you go to the bar and you're an adult, that's your decision, but I'm not going to be a part of it. Well, sounds like this person is both a bad parent and a bad boss. (laughs) So that shouldn't shock anybody. Apparently, on this podcast, this Mm -hmm. live stream, when they took over his radio show. Oh, yeah, what did they say? They said, we talked to Alistair Begg's staff. Like, we were on a phone call with them trying to figure out if there's a way forward here. Like, and the staff for the pastor apparently argued, this is not a matter of salvation. We all still believe in Jesus. We're all still conservative Christians. The advice he gave is a matter of individual conscience. Because, and to their point, and I kind of agree with this, they're saying, look, if the end goal is to bring people to Jesus, which is something we all share as conservative Christians, he is saying, this is one way to do it. I know everyone might disagree, but I think if you're looking long-term, this is a way you can do it in a way that doesn't break a particular relationship. Maybe, listen, if I'm the gay person or the trans person getting married into this family, I do not want a relationship with these people. And I don't want them at my wedding either. And I don't want them (laughs) at my wedding. Which, by the way, they're not going to dance to Baby Got Back. Seriously, why are you inviting Grandma to this wedding is Mm. the question I wanted to ask. But again, none of that mattered to AFA leaders. You planned a wedding. You know why Grandma got invited to the wedding. I totally know why Grandma got invited to the wedding. I'm saying, I don't want them at my wedding, but I get why you have to invite them. You know how many people at my wedding I didn't want there? Yeah. So none of this mattered to the AFA. They said, this is a critical issue in the body of Christ right now. And this is not only the wrong counsel, but it is deeply disturbing for Christians who want to hold the line against the cultural impact of the LGBTQ agenda. Okay. Let them fight. Truly, like, let them fight. I don't... It's been a great fight to watch. Y'all want to galvanize? Fine. But galvanizing means that you are going to cut off a lot of people. (laughs) And guess what? In elections, a lot of people is kind of what you need. My favorite part about this is his staff, Alistair Begg's staff, reiterated, you guys... The pastor is still totally anti-gay. Yeah, don't get it twisted. We still hate trans people. Don't <laughs> yeah. worry, guys. And they're trying to we convince. We hate them too. They're trying to convince the AFA. We hate the same people you guys, do. Don't we should worry. be in. We should be Bring working together. Bring me a trans person. I'll punch him. I swear yeah. to God. Swear to fucking God. Just yeah. bring one right here. He still rejects same-sex marriage. He doesn't think trans people are people. He still believes homosexuality is a sin. And still, it wasn't good enough for the AFA, a this Christian is, hate group, because he wasn't hateful enough. This is the pastoral equivalent of no homo. <laughs> like, hey, no homo. I like you, but no homo. Like, you can't... Do you know no homo? Do you remember that? It's like... In I the, remember it. In yeah. the early aughts when like men were so afraid of their masculinity being, not, that's not happening now, if they would give a dude any compliment, they would go, no homo, to make sure everybody knew. I just like your car. I don't want right. your butt in with my <laughs> penis. 
I don't it's, think that's how it works. <laughs> it's very much a, yeah, you're not comfortable just with people even it thinking It truly you might is be. like, hey, don't worry, guys. Like, we all hate these fucking people, the, but we need to be sneakier. It's the reason all the media from that time did not age well. Mm-hmm. Um, Boy. But again, Honestly, the homophobia of early aughts TV is insane. Yeah. Transphobia and biphobia? Holy shit. If somebody was bi on an episode of anything in the aughts, including... Will and Grace, <laughs> where they said bisexual people didn't exist. Like, gang, you don't know how weird the odds were if you weren't there. So Alistair Begg has been canceled by conservative Christians who are mad because he's not conservative Christian bad. enough. I mean, yeah, is he's it? anti-trans. Um, I guess that's a fair question. Is it too bad? I don't know. I guess not. I, find it I guess who fucking cares? That their strategy to win over people... Uh, in the long term, to win them over to Christ by also saying, wait, we all know that grandma hates gay people and trans people too, right? Mm-hmm. Okay, well then go to the wedding and just be nice to them because you can you can convert them later. Because the fourth commandment That's... is be two-faced. <laughs> <laughs> What's the, the picture The sixth for that commandment one? is thou shalt not talk shit behind your grandkids back about their wedding. Uh, grandma! Don't worry, the married couple is talking shit about you later. A hundred percent, constantly. And they're not losing any sleep (laughs) over their terrible grandma. Yep. Good times. I don't know what to think about that. Like, do I want them to continue to fracture and fissure? Yes. Yes. That's the the story. But also, it's hurting people. It's hurting them more. Yeah, I guess. It's just one of those things that, like, they're, they're reducing and reducing and reducing so quickly that it's like, how do you think population works, dog? Like, what do <laughs> you, you don't think? have the numbers to make up for? It's not like young people are super into what yeah, you're talking like that's about. What, that's the thing that's kind of blowing my mind is that they're like really digging into deeply unpopular uh, issues for seemingly no reason. It's like Republicans fighting about Taylor Swift this week. It's like, really? This is the fight you want to take on? Oh my I don't think God. you're helping your own cause. I but posted, go for it. And this is kind of cheesy that I posted it, but it was a repost of like, moms take a look at like what people are saying about Taylor Swift because what she is doing, what Taylor Swift is doing is attending her boyfriend's football game. <laughs> and people are furious They used to be it. called family values. Truly, like people are so fucking mad about Taylor Swift just existing in a space that all of my feed has just been Apparently a good-looking straight white couple doesn't cut it for Republicans like, anymore. Like truly it's so fr- and like they I've seen graphs about like they they showed her for like 40 seconds over the course of a 3-hour game. Yeah. Like what the fuck is wrong with <laughs> like truly like people see a woman having fun and being happy and they're like suspicious. <laughs> Like even She's somebody I knew was and she like, she doesn't have kids. What? Why is he dating her? Somebody I knew and was like, Travis she... Kelsey should be dating a fourteen-year-old like the rest of us. Oh my god, the number of people who are like, uh, now that she's past her prime, and I'm like, <laughs> I am thirty-eight and I'm way hotter than I was ten years ago. Um, but also, like somebody in my circle, like an obviously a boomer, was like, yeah, she just like gets so into the games. It's just like whatever. <laughs> and my dude, have you ever seen me at a sports situation? I lose my goddamn mind because I'm. An extrovert, like Man. just people are fucking mad at her for sitting at a football Dude, game. If church services took place at three o'clock on a Sunday, no one would go. No one would go, or at least for what six months out of the year, five yeah, months out of the exactly. year. Exactly. God, I can't wait till football season's over. Ugh. Anyway, yep. Let's talk about Oklahoma. <laughs> remember, uh, remember our friend Dusty Devers, which is the last time you sang that song. Oklahoma, where the winds yeah. come. So Dusty Devers, 
he won a special election in December to fill a vacant seat in the Oklahoma legislature. He mm. is now a state senator in Oklahoma. Is this the guy trying to fuck up their uh, education system? No, that's a different guy. Uh, yeah, no, there's a Ryan few, Walters. You're correct. Who I that went is to junior high with. I didn't. It's just the same name. That's the state superintendent of public education. This guy is just is uh, clearly his BFF. Um, <laughs> but now that he's in office... He's now filing crazy-ass conservative Christian bills. Great. Let's hear him. And one, I mean, he said, first of all, he's already said, my intention is to ban pornography, which, all right, you do you, whatever. You in China. Yeah. Um, but, but the reason we talked about him in uh, last year, I'm sorry, before his election okay. in December, his special election, is because he had delivered a sermon be- that railed against in vitro fertilization. Oh, sure. He said embryos, quote, were incarcerated in frozen prisons, referred to them as cryo-orphans, and urged his audience to love their embryonic neighbors. That's why we talked about him a yeah, few months ago. I think in vitro might be the uh, the thing that's going to sink them because... <laughs> It's, Again, why are you picking this fight? It's true. That's exactly what I was about to say. Of all of cons- the things. Plenty of infertile Christians have relied on IVF. And I'm trying to think of when the first IVF baby was born, which I want to say was like mm, the 80s, remember. which means they're in their 30s and 40s now. So now you're talking to adults who were born via IVF, and you're like, mm, boo, I <laughs> wish you weren't here, boo. Right. So as part of his campaign promise to abolish porn, uh, he introduced a bill that basically criminalizes adult content and there's a couple things about this that are wild first of all he says we're criminalizing all of it unless there's quote serious literary artistic educational political or scientific purposes or values you ever seen debbie does dallas is it artistic is it so artistic i've actually never seen it who gets to decide if porn is art who gets to decide if erotica is artistic or literary, there's nothing in the bill mm. that says who gets to make that call. Do no. you want Dusty Deavers making that call? Kind no. of. I want to hear what his taste is. <laughs> yeah. I love hearing things like this when, like, once in a while, they'll let a little thing slip about their personal preferences. <laughs> I read a thing once that was, like, a woman was talking to their grandmother, and the grandmother said something about, like, well, everybody, like, kind of checks out women, right? And they're like, <laughs> no. And the grandma's like, oh. <laughs> like, it's when you think everybody think everybody. You see it like dudes. Everybody's kind of attracted to other dudes. And they're like, <laughs> well, some of them are, but not everybody. Like, yeah. it, it just, you don't have to deny every part of yourself to fit into this stupid club that and nobody course, likes. the obvious joke here is if you want to ban, like, uh, literary passages with incest and sex Truly crimes. There goes the, the Bible. Bible. Does that count as literary? You can make the argument for it, but why can't you make that same argument for anything else? There are plenty of works of classic literature, modern literature. If this that we can motherfucker make an argument. comes from Italia Hilbert and Ali Hazelwood books, my romance novels that I love deeply, I will come for him. Yeah. Well, you're not in Oklahoma, so you're safe. You but, don't know me. So I'll go to Oklahoma and read some smut in front of him. <laughs> the problem with all this is, first, he's tucking this uh, passage mm. where that's banning adult content into otherwise sensible provisions in this the law the shit that, that prohibits me. sexual content involving minors, which is good. I don't want minors involved in, not reading it, mind you, but like... Yeah. Like explicit content involving kids. Yeah, we should punish that. That's horrible. Yeah, I feel like that's something we can all agree so on, except for Christians in- who like child brides. Yeah. 
So in into the law that already prohibits that stuff, he's saying, well, we should also, also criminalize adult content. It's 10 pages long. And the thing is, the relevant portions define unlawful pornography okay. as basically any visual depiction or image of sex. Mm. So what counts as porn for this guy? According to him. Game of Thrones. According to him, in, a, in, in the bill, it lists out oral sex, anal sex, BDSM, masturbation, or the presentation of uncovered private parts. So Michelangelo's David... I mean, that's uncovered oh, private but it's parts. artistic. But you can make an argument that it's artistic. But again, Fifty Shades of Grey, just to name one thing, like, there, there are plenty are... of people who would argue, well, that's not literature. It's <laughs> not literature. <laughs> but, like, would that be banned? Like, he says, according to this bill, you can't make it, you can't watch it, you can't receive it, and this is the kicker. So I couldn't make my own private video for my own use? This is where it gets interesting. Two things about this that caught everyone's eye. Okay. That, one... You could file a lawsuit against anyone who produces or distributes depictions of these acts, Uh-oh. making this like a bounty law, good, like the Texas-style abortion law. Great. Which means if the lawsuit, you sued somebody who made porn and you knew it, mm-hmm. the person who filed it could win a reward of at least $10,000. At least $10,000. At least for each image or okay. depiction produced or distributed within the state. All right, I'm going to head down to Oklahoma. I so think it could be profitable. This, yeah, no kidding. I mean, the doors open on that, uh-huh. and now who knows what happens. But here's the other one. I feel like also uh, Oklahoma's really kissing goodbye any kind of Hollywood contracts they could oh, get down no the road. no kidding. The bill would also make it illegal to distribute any unlawful pornography with one caveat. Tell me. Unle- this sh- I'm going to read the actual line. <clears throat> This shall not be construed to prevent spouses from sending images of a sexual nature to each other. So sexting between married couples is fine. But the implication of that is that sexting between anybody else, single people, people who are in committed relationships but not married, single people who are dating or want to date and are sexting each other, All of that would fall under this guy's bill, too, as illegal. So he wants to ban sexting between anybody unless you are married. Just like the founding fathers wanted. Yeah. Which means even two people with consent who want to sext each other would be breaking the law if this passes. And according to the bill, if you are convicted in court, you could face up to 20 years in prison or a fine of up to $25,000 for sexting somebody you are not married to. What about adults who are dating? Doesn't matter. What about married couples in open relationships? Doesn't matter. What about adults who just like sharing pictures of themselves online in whatever forms you want to Doesn't matter. Essentially, if you're an Oklahoman who has an OnlyFans account, you would probably be breaking the law despite not hurting anybody. Mm -hmm. And by the way, so would anyone who's viewing that stuff. Because if you're a non-spouse recipient of a sext, you could face up to a year behind bars. Oh, so all the women who get unsolicited dick pics? They're all going to jail. Yeah, that's good. Yeah, that's good. I I just... Uh Which raises the question of what would the punishment be for someone who unintentionally viewed this sort of material from an encrypted source? Yeah. What if I sent you like a dick pic from like an anonymizer so you wouldn't know it's from me? I know it's a weird hypothetical. I don't like that. But like if someone encrypted it, I could send it to all my enemies and just say, here's a dick pic. Ha, you opened it. Yeah. 
I'm going to go after or you. Or like the link says cute puppy right. and it's actually two girls, one cup, which is a true thing that happened to me in college. My that friend pranked me. It was a great prank. kind of hilarious. It was a yeah. very good prank. It is possible that the law would also make like Twitter illegal in the state, given all the bots that are on there who are who oh, respond sure. to every viral post with open this content. Hey, Hammond. Yep. I feel like maybe he didn't think this through. Yeah. And by the way, remember Mike Johnson? Mike Johnson, the speaker, hasn't said he wasn't. He said he hasn't said he wants to criminalize porn, but he has bragged about like spying on his son to make sure he's not viewing it. But like, if your son was viewing it and you got the report on it, that's one thing. This guy's bill would say, "Oh, your son's going to jail." What is happening in these households that all of these men are obsessed with banning porn? I, I genuinely think about that. Of like. Porn is what it is, you know, when it's, you know, exploitative, bad, when it's consensual, fine. I I guess I don't understand why this is ranking. I mean, I guess they're just afraid of sex. Is that kind of what I'm coming down to? Because the drag queens scare them because they play with their sexuality and gender identity. This scares them because people are, quote unquote, profiting off their sexuality, which I think is the root of what makes them uncomfortable. I I just have to think that maybe Christians as a whole don't have a healthy relationship with with sex. Yeah. Mm. Welcome to the whole podcast, right? (laughs) By the way, in a podcast for the Daily Beast, Elizabeth Nolan Brown, who works at Reason Magazine, she pointed out how broad the enforcement could be if this passed because it's broad enough uh, not just to cover someone's like butt selfie, she said, but also live performances in plays or oh sure strip clubs definitely mm. also probably burlesque or drag performances mm-hmm. because you could just say those are not artistic and be done with it. Now here's the thing: the fear is not that this bill, even in Oklahoma, mm. as red red as it is, it's the fear is not that it'll pass because it probably uh, violates all kind of First Amendment protections. But the concern is that people like Dusty Devers are on a mission to legislate their personal Christian morality or whatever version he pretends to have in public. Um, I think many people made this joke, but like, buddy, if you want this bill, send us your whole internet history. We need to do some research of our own here. I mean, obviously, I don't know how anything works, but is there any... When you produce present a law to legislature, you must have to say, like, this is why it's good, right? This is the benefit. We are about to spend time and money on deciding whether this law or this thing is going to pass into our state. Why is this a valuable use of our extremely limited time is the question I would like answered. Again, this is what happens when you elect crazy right-wing megacultists who say, I'm doing this because of Jesus. Yeah. Because um, we were talking why. about the the thing earlier about how many states still have anti atheist laws on the books, right. and nobody because and, and nobody does it, and frankly, and nobody understandably, can get rid of them because why do you want that to be the thing? Because your you have so limited on? time in Congress, not only the however many like however many days you're actually in session, but you only have two, four, whatever years to be guaranteed your spot here. So you don't want to waste time doing dumb bullshit like this dude is mm-hmm. doing, and. This it's, sort of thing is straight out of Project 2025, which is the Christian Nationalist. Yeah, it's the Christian Nationalist playbook for a future GOP-led government. So even if this guy's bill fails, I think it's a harbinger of what might happen oh, it's 100%. if Republicans retake control of Congress and the White House. Just more extremism, more curtailing of people's freedoms, things like that. What word am I looking for? It's like not means testing, but like a litmus test or something yeah. like that of like, let's see how this goes and yeah. then we'll we'll back up. But if do you think this is, has a chance of passing? I do not. 
Okay. And you know who else agrees with me on that? Our Dusty guy. Devers, because he said on a podcast last week that uh, he didn't think this would be taken seriously. Here's what he said. Uh, what's the likelihood of them getting past? Uh, that's up to the Lord to determine. Well, I've been told that leadership is not going to sniff. Out. They're not even going to come close enough to smell these bills. They're not going to be appropriated to committees. If they are, I'm going to be mocked and shamed. I've been told that leadership does not want anything that makes the Senate look undignified. And some of these bills are going to make the Senate look undignified. To which I say, buddy, you're in Oklahoma's state senate. Yeah. I promise you it's undignified as it is. Always undignified. Okay. But it's nice to know there are some lines even Oklahoma Republicans yeah. don't want to cross. So I don't want to discount Project Blitz or or kind of undercut their Gotta inherent the danger. No, I won't. I shan't. If they don't use trans people's pronouns, I'm going to keep calling it Project <laughs> Blitz because they're fucking Nazis. Yeah. And you do not accidentally name your thing Blitz when the Nazis had the Blitzkrieg, gang. That wasn't an accident. They are Nazis. Anyway, uh, and they shall be identified as such here, uh, heretofore. Um, so not to undercut the fact that Project Blitz is fucked and scary and represents a group of people who think you and I are not fit to be citizens, right? Mm-hmm. However, if this isn't going to pass Oklahoma... Is there well, a something this extreme will not pass in Oklahoma, which hopefully that I mean that's good. Yeah. But you have to think a less extreme but still very extreme version of this sort of bill that basically punishes any kind of sex outside of marriage. Right, 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 and then right. even certain kind of sex within marriage is totally up their alley. Is okay. I mean, I could I I hope I'm you know, I I just don't see that kind of wide ban of sexual whatever. They still want as, sodomy ban. No, I understand, but th- I'm not talking about what they want to happen. It's like, what can they get support to actually happen? Yeah, they're going to campaign on getting sodomy banned or gay marriage banned or whatever, but when the rubber hits the road, are any of these people really going to say, no, we're going to ban sex outside of uh, of marriage when these people, I mean, obviously, if hypocrisy they think, runs... If they think runs, it's a winning issue for them and they could gin up the culture wars... But I don't wars. think it's got... Like, I don't see how there is any support Maybe not at a national level, not that extreme no, but at a state level. if it's not even in Oklahoma, this isn't going to gain enough support. If these people won't touch this law as uh-huh. is, I don't see what kind of version of the law they can water down enough that still does the shit he wants to do, which right. is huge and terrible, pr- and also is palatable to people who actually have to go look at their constituents in the eye and be like, oh, yeah, by the way, you can't watch what you want or touch whom you want because God. Well, first of all, you have to wonder if the problem he made is going so far extreme that this has no chance. Mm. But then you also have to wonder, like, had he done something less extreme, would they go along with That's it? That's what I'm saying. Is and I... I think he could have a legitimate shot of getting some version of this bill passed in Oklahoma if he just wasn't so damn crazy. Yeah. And again, he's not nuanced on any of this on his campaign website. Sure. He wants to abolish all forms of porn as he sees it. So that's insane. Well, I also guarantee you people who are voting for or who are interested in this kind of thing are very much uh, the laws for thee and not Have for me. Have dungeons in their basements, yes. Like, I, I, these these people, I mean, we, we see the Christian hypocrisy all over the place, right? Of We say we feed the poor, but all we do is vote down anything that helps any human being who's not a billionaire already, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but I just, 
I mean, even I, they even are seeing the backlash of Roe v. Wade. This is what everybody said they were working on, and then it happened, and everyone's like, oh, shit, okay, there's actual consequences to this. I don't know that anybody learned their lesson, but I just don't know who has the, like, political weight to get Oklahomans to give up their, like, forgive the phrase, God-given right to fuck whomever they want. You would think the party of personal freedom would care. I just think if the if lawmakers in Oklahoma aren't even going near this, yeah. I, it, to me it bodes cautiously optimistically well for the fact that like this stuff maybe does well at rallies. This stuff maybe does good in their in like church. in church in Southern or, Baptist church. Southern Baptist, by the way, right with what? sexual abuse. Here's one thing humans love to do: it's fuck. Yeah, <laughs> and laws <laughs> that keep you know, humans from fucking famously don't work. Hi, Catholic Church. It's me, Jessica. Yeah. You know who else agrees with that statement? Pornhub, which released a 2023 analysis of its visitors. Oh, hell yes. And Give so, me those numbers. I, basically, it just says, we know what you're looking up in Oklahoma, and it is very specific. Can you tell me? I will not. Ugh. Trying not to get demonetized here. Mm. Uh, but it, it, listen, if you Google it, if you Google Pornhub, you will find... <laughs> You'll find what I'm talking about. Uh, so you want to go in incognito yeah, that's exactly. like at the bottom of your browser and it's got little glasses on and it. And we're demonetized. Okay. <laughs> One last story for you here, which involves Texas. We're just going all over the Southwest here. Um, there is a public school in Texas. It's called La Pointer High School. It's part of the La Pointer Independent School District in the city of La Rue, Texas. Oh. Very small uh, rural town, small high school, mm. whatever. In 2017, they got in a little bit of trouble because outside the building in this public school, they raised three flags every day. There's an American flag, there's a Texas state flag, and a Christian flag, and a Christian flag, which is basically all white to represent Christians. White people. Yeah. And it has, like in the upper left, a blue background with a red cross uh, running there. I feel like there. Americans have seen this. Yeah, maybe. Don't you think? Maybe. Is it only an American thing now that I say that? Yeah. Europeans look at us like, the fuck is wrong <laughs> with all of you? Anyway, FFRF, uh, Freedom from Religion Foundation, called it out at the time. They said this promotion of religion has, quote, an exclusionary effect, turning non-Christian and non-believing students into outsiders. And it wasn't just this flag outside the building. Yep. The district, like the official Facebook account for the district, promoted events like See You at the Pole mm -hmm. so, so everyone could pray. They promoted a faith-based baccalaureate ceremony on Facebook. And again, those should be student-led. Baccalaureate? Yeah, it's like the fake graduation with more prayer. And it's fine if it's oh, student-led or parent-led, okay. but the school has no business promoting it. Okay. Like, it's just if Christians want to do, like, the... An extra fancy ceremony. The Christian movie version of a shitty actual, like, movie. Yeah, yeah. Eh, all right, fine. Okay. But why is the district promoting it? They why? shouldn't be. And the thing is, long like, not long after they got that letter in 2017, the Christian flag came down, as hey. it should have. Now That's that, how these things should work. Yeah. Now, that infuriated conservatives in the community, which is 99% of the community, mm -hmm. because they responded by saying, well, I'm putting a Christian flag on my truck. Okay. And that's the response. That's the right response, which Have is, fun. yeah, do whatever you want. No one cares because this isn't about what you do on your pickup truck. 
Like, put it on your Chevy. It's no so one cares. You don't understand me. what we're fighting about, do yeah, you? It's so funny to me how many people do not understand the, like, the thing about, like, prayers in school, the Ten Commandments, or, like, oh, I can't put a flag of my school. I'm going to put it in my truck. Yeah, dog, that's what we're saying. Put yeah. that wherever you want. You can't put it up at your school. This is not difficult. Right. And, like, as church-state separation advocates have argued for decades, this isn't about individuals promoting their own faith. It's about government institutions doing it. So, mm-hmm. look, if you're car wants a flag, whatever, no one cares. Everybody can judge you in public. Yeah, but it seemed like the actual problem had been resolved. Christian flag had come down. It was actually replaced with a different pro-Texas one, which is weird, but whatever. That's not illegal. But here's the problem, and this is why I wanted to bring this up. The district then came up with what it thought seemed to be a new way to get around the law, because (sighs) instead instead of ordering the Christian flag to go up, District officials decided to put the decision of what to place on the third flagpole in the hands of a student committee. And here's what that means. The group that they chose, according to the superintendent, the group is made up of the student from each grade level with the highest GPA and meets on a monthly basis under the supervision of a district parent. Which is a weird way to form a group. We'll take the... It's not. I'm not saying the smartest kid, but the kid with the highest GPA. Yeah. We're just... I mean, Trust me, that's odds, not the are, kid. odds are pretty good that that's a Christian kid because this is a rural. I mean, Texas if you close community. your eyes and point, odds yeah. are it's a, ch- a that Christian is correct. Kid. So she, there's a student from every grade, including friggin' kindergartners with a GPA, apparently. <laughs> um, but oh they, my god, what does that look like? I know, and they meet every month under the d- supervision of a district parent, and you know they get to choose what the third flag is because that's a good use of a senior in high school's time. Yeah, no, this is great. I really think children should pick more things for display purposes. Right, and the thing is, according to the Texas Tribune, uh, this group has chosen different flags as the third flag, including one for Breast Cancer Awareness Month, one with the district's mascot. That's cute. Um, That would be wildly appropriate as the district's mascot. the Christian flag seems to be a frequent choice, which is the only reason they formed this committee. So the district could say, well, we're not Wait, they change it monthly? Is that what you're saying? And the district is like, see, we're not making the decisions. The students are, and it's under the supervision of a parent. So you can't blame the district clearly this is not district promotion except for, of the thing. Except for who ultimately puts up the flag. Um, I mean, probably the kids. Doesn't matter. That's not the I, issue here. Uh, I guarantee you it's the fucking district. I don't, those kids aren't going out and buying a flag and then hanging it on the flagpole. It's a fucking custodian um, who's doing they it. They have raised money to purchase any new flags if needed. But anyway, That's, like we said, in a place like this rural town in Texas with a heavy Christian population, it's not like Muslims or Satanists or atheists would ever have their votes to add their flag to the mix. The outsourcing of decision to students, and this is the main point, this method of saying, we're not making the decision, we're outsourcing it to students, it doesn't override the fact that certain groups cannot realistically be in the mix. Rights are all about protection from the tyranny of the majority. Mm -hmm. And according to another article in the Texas Tribune, there is reason to believe the district formed the committee specifically so the Christian flag could fly, which, if true, would still mean the Christian flag is still school-sponsored. How do we know that? Well, when the FFRF was investigating this matter years ago, they issued a public records request. We want everything you've ever said Mm. on district email about the student committee. Guess what the committee is called? Preserving the Christian flag. (laughs) It's not that obvious. Oh. Flyers Freedom of Rights 
to fly. The acronym of that would be what? Flyers Freedom oh, FFRF. of FFRF. It's like a slap in the face to the group that's saying we can't do this. I don't. We'll come up with the same. It's less of a acronym. slap in the face and more a thing a toddler would think is funny. <laughs> It's rural Texas. I mean, listen, let's not discount rural people. These people are just idiots. And to be fair, we are talking about kindergartners with high GPAs. So. <laughs> and the thing is... Also, I just want to, just for yeah. a moment, I love Christians talking about students and what they can deal with or manage because sometimes these kids are innocent, empty little vessels and everything their teacher says goes into their heart and soul and builds them who they are. Or... They're political figures who are standing up to the mean school. Like, are you too young to know what you're talking about, but young enough to be a puppet? Right. Is that what we're looking at? Right. And so it is possible because you cannot outsource. to pass the buck to kids. Yeah. And by the way, that doesn't absolve the district from any of this. Um, There was an article saying parents in the district say they support the Christian flag, and they don't know of anyone who's upset. By the flag. One lady who has three kids in the district said, I believe in Jesus Christ, and I would not let my children go to school somewhere that does not believe in Jesus Christ. What does that mean? I don't know, because I don't know how a public school is supposed to believe in Jesus this Christ. This is what I'm saying. She's it's never just, heard like, of private Christian schools. They're nonsense things. Like, um, it's a public school. I just Let don't... me offer one analogy, though. Fine. Um, that could explain the district's theory and why it's not going to work. Mm-hmm. Some public school districts who have been told, hey, you have formal prayers at your high school graduation ceremony. You can't. Mm-hmm. You can't say in the program, like, before the valedictorian speaks, we're going to have a prayer. Mm-hmm. Um, that's illegal. People have been sued over that. And, and you then can have a one district, One district in South Carolina, they decided to put that decision of whether to have prayer in the hands. Actually, let me backtrack. It, you can't have formal prayers mm-hmm. at graduation ceremonies. Mm-hmm. A district in South Carolina actually got sued over that, had to pay out over $400,000 in legal fees to the American Humanist Association. Yeah. Perfect okay. use of your fucking funds. So what did other districts do when they heard about that? They said, well, then we won't have prayers at the ceremony. What we will do is we'll let the kids in our graduating class vote on a graduation speaker and if they pray, guess what? We can't stop them because they could say whatever they want. And or they will say, we're not going to review any speeches made by students. Wink, wink. Well, and I- the courts, here's what they're thinking. The courts have technically allowed those workarounds. Mm-hmm. Like, all right, fine. You can't, you're saying we're not going to review a speech in advance. All right, fine. If a student uses that time to pray, that's not district sponsored. We get it. But those are like one-off events. Yeah. The flags outside this district school, those are ongoing. Yeah. So I don't think you can cite those graduations, those methods in your defense here. They're counting on the Supreme Court and the ultra-conservative Fifth Circuit Court of Appeals, which oversees Texas. They're counting on those courts to be on their side if anyone does challenge them. Mm. The question now is whether they will be challenged on this. Because as far as like what are the stakes of this, they're not very high. Do you think you would win an argument if you thought you challenged this? That's what the church-state separation groups are thinking. Yeah. Then you also have to find a plaintiff in this part of Texas which is... who has the courage to fight this, which is a hard ask of anybody. Mm-hmm. So I don't know if And anything... the courts are not kind to, to the victims of crimes. Right. They're not kind to these kinds of, of people. They just aren't. So I don't know if this will be challenged. It could be challenged. I think there's a legal argument for why this would work mm. if uh, a, tr- a judge is actually cared about the law. 
The question is whether that would actually work in practice. I don't know. I don't mm-hmm. know if you would win a lawsuit given the courts that are in Texas and beyond that. So tough call. But this is just how one district in Texas is trying to override the law by still promoting Christianity in a way they think lets them say, look, we're hands off. Honestly, the the thing that really kind of hurts my heart the most about things like this is just the the disservice adults are doing to children in this thing of using their kids in this like proxy war against freedom from religion foundation it's uh it's very disappointing because it's so small-minded that this symbol that makes me feel good needs to be up for everybody to see and that is really important to me and i that's a uh, a point of view i just don't understand or can relate to i really try hard when i'm moving through the world to not exclude people completely right like and here they are in texas just saying who can we say is not welcome it's here? truly like that's what it feels like i think a lot about like the work i do at the hansen center which is to create an inclusive place for kids with special needs who can live full and wonderful lives and i think it's a wonderful mission that i am on and i'm deeply proud of what i do and i think i'm using my time on earth valuably and leaving it a better place than when i when i got here I just don't understand how a person who has, and I'm a minimum wage employee there. I don't understand how a person who has the honor and the privilege of genuinely trying to make their educational system better for young people in a world where education is increasingly important and people with lack of education are going to continue to slip through the cracks and that's how an uneducated populace is one that is going to end up in crime. Becoming Oklahoma State Senator. It truly, like, if you set up your kids with, okay, the most important thing is to be a Christian and everything else is secondary, and if somebody isn't Christian, it doesn't matter, just keep going. What kind of person are you bringing up in the world? It's just so deeply and fundamentally selfish in a way I just simply cannot relate to. If you cared about students, if you cared about the kids, you would not be making the decisions that this school district, yeah. LaPointer in Texas, is doing. I was uh, I had a conversation with my, my friend Erin. Uh, we were talking about Trump, of course. Um, and she was talking about how hard 2016 to 2020 was for her, like she because she was so addicted to looking at the news and seeing what was going on. And we had a conversation kind of about this of like, why is it's just so frustrating to watch people in a position of power continually to make irresponsible or irrational or mean decisions. And it it's so upsetting to people like me and Aaron because it's just like, well, why? why? But why? Why would you do this? Why are you making it your job to be exclusionary when you're supposed to be like shaping a generation of people who are going to become the people running the world? It, it's so deeply disappointing and watching people who care about their own power and, and unfair influence. to the teachers who are actually doing a good job yeah and watching people like let power go to their head on the fucking school board is frankly embarrassing like the petty tyrant of it is miserable for me anyway sorry that was a lecture and with that oh are we done we are done <laughs> how do we uh, find you you can find us at patreon.com slash friendly atheist podcast we appreciate your support and your reviews on uh whatever podcast app you were listening 
to this on. You can email us at friendlyatheistpodcast at gmail.com. We get a lot of news tips from you all. Thank you for we those. Do. We do. And uh, you can always leave us a, uh, a review on iTunes. This one is from, uh, I think, Mountain Hermit, which is great. Uh, I never skipped this podcast. I'm glad you get Wi-Fi in the mountains. Uh, five stars. This story is covered can be enlightening and or disturbing, but they're never dull. The juxtaposition of Hemant's dry delivery and Jessica's vibrant... Dry. Vibrant and fresh reactions. What? Yes. Uh, is wonderful to listen to. Hemant brings information. Jessica adds humanity. Well worth supporting, if only for the bonus episodes. <laughs> Love it. Thank you. That's Thank really you. sweet. What are we talking about in the bonus today? Um, I wa- Mikey and I have been watching a um, documentary. So I want to watch talk about a documentary called Chowchilla. Okay. Which is fucking bananas. It's on Netflix, I believe. Um, and also American Nightmare, which is somehow worse. Um, I also would love to talk about a podcast series I'm listening to right now that I think is sort of um, relevant. It's uh, it's the show's called uh, Tenfold More Wicked, and it's the most recent season of, about a man named John Tall T A W E L L, who um, essentially used his uh, his he joined the Quaker Church in order to like. Uh, help himself and ends up murdering people and hoping that like using the Quakers as a mask of, Oh, I can't do anything. I'm a Quaker. I'm not a bad guy. Um, I'm intrigued. Yeah. It's very interesting. And um, I'll, I'll talk about it more on the thing. We'll see you then. See you next week. Bye. Bye.